Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. He's back. Welcome aboard our August 26th and 27th edition of Tech Talk for 2023. Glad to have you along. This is our Harbor Blues and Roots Festival weekend edition. Big breath. Also Greek Fest, Victoria Fringe Festival, Freebie Film Festival, Island Dragon Boat Festival, Salish Sea Lantern Festival, Anchors Away Arts and Music Festival weekend edition. So there. So lots of reasons to not listen to us live and get out there. We will have a rebroadcast. Some of you are listening to it as a rebroadcast on Sunday afternoon. And many of you, I suspect, are listening to the podcast. Special thanks to Gary Beyer and Brian Pavlicic for co-hosting last week while I was with Suzanne on the Crown Princess seeing Alaska. We had an awesome time. Brian, thanks for doing that. Sounds like you guys had fun. Yes, thank you. I was underslept and overcaffeinated, but we made it. <laughs> yeah, the speed at the beginning. I'm going, slow Brian down, slow Brian yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. That voice is none other than... Ron Fraser, Sydney tech enthusiast. Welcome back. How I'm you doing? happy to be back, yeah. And you brought a special guest with you. I did bring a special guest with me. Perhaps she'd like to introduce herself. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you, you can introduce yourself in your in your native language. Native language? Yeah. Okay. Um, えっと、日本から来ました。つむぎです。えっと、カナダで留学生してて、えっと、ホストファザーが連れてきてくれました。よろしくお願いします。わお。That's uh, she's been with us since January, I think. We had, yeah, since January. Thanks for coming in. You've never been in the station before. Yes. So, I guess I should say guter tag to Emma, uh, north of Munich, and merhaba to Nihan, north of Istanbul in Turkey, because they will be here in four sleeps. They'll be coming to join you, and the others coming for the international program. Suzanne and I will be hosting them. They arrive on Wednesday. Oh, exciting. This is your first time getting involved? Yeah. Cool. Ron and yeah. Tamara have been doing it for how many years? Eleven. Yeah. Eleven years now. Yeah. Wow. So this should be fun. It it is. It's so rewarding. It's a fantastic thing to do. I, I know you'll you'll just yep. love it. Yeah. So And the, if anyone's interested, they're always looking for more host parents. Are they do they need more, like even as the school year's starting? They, they will always take applications. Oh, okay. Because sometimes they lose them. You never know. Like during the year things happen, right? Yeah. Okay. I will so. put that back at, I took it out of the profile in the show notes. You'll see Ron's picture there smiling and along with his email and phone number. I will put the link back in. So if you're listening to the podcast or the Sunday version, there should the link should be right next to Ron's face if you want to do that. But yes, uh, Emma and Nihan, I know you're packing, getting ready, excited. The, the thing that surprised me, Emma has never been on a plane before. And I'm going, well, wait a minute, you're really well-traveled. Yeah. Because in Europe, of course, everything's by train. Yeah, oh, we, sure. we've so. had a few students with that, the first time flying, and boy, it's yeah. a real experience for them. Yeah, so 16 getting on a plane, coming to Canada, so and all that. And of course, for uh, this is the first year that Sandwich has had students from Turkey. Uh, do you know if they have an agent coming with them? Well, often they'll bring an agent along with them for their flight over. No, uh, I believe the or we'll agent... meet them at the yeah, airport. Yeah, at the same. They yeah. put them on the plane and then Istanbul to Vancouver and then Vancouver to Victoria. And yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll have a little welcoming party there. Yes, getting used to the new name. It's not Turkey anymore. It's T-U with the double dots over the mm-hmm. U-R-K-I-Y-E, Turkey. Mm-hmm. The Republic of Turkey. New name. So we got the Turkish flag and the German flag and the Ukrainian flag... Up over the garage. They'll be there. Oh, oh that's nice. So hopefully, Shmugi, uh, I keep saying Shmugi, Sumugi. Uh, hopefully that in the coming weeks, we'll get to meet Emma 
and Nihon on uh, the show as well. Bill Samuki is going to finish her studies in Seattle. She's going to college in Seattle, yes. so she found out that she she was uh, eligible to go there, and she's going to leave probably soon. Soon, <laughs> Monday, yeah. Monday or Wednesday, yeah. go down to Seattle and finish her studies there. Which which college? Bellevue College. Oh, nice. Yeah. Bellevue, right next to Redmond, Microsoft headquarters, yes. so I know it. Ah. Well, her uncle works at Microsoft in Redmond. He's oh. worked there for years. He transferred from Japan. Mm-hmm. He worked for them in Japan, so many years. So there is a tech bent there, so awesome. Welcome. We have lots of stuff to tell you about this week as we gear up for back to school and all of that. The big one that we'll um, talk about here, if you ride the bus in Greater Victoria, BC Transit has activated a new cashless payment system. It's called UMO, spelled U-M-O, but pronounced UMO. It was created by San Diego-based Cubic Transportation Systems. We were on the ferry coming back from the Crown Princess uh, on Friday and met two couples who were from Texas visiting Vancouver. Everyone said, you got to go Victoria. So they just hopped on board the, the ferry, uh, took, took the bus out. So we met them as they were getting on the bus at, at uh, SkyTrain Bridgeport, and we talked to them and explained how to get in, how to get the bus in Victoria. And they said, how much does it cost? And I go, I don't know. I think it's two twenty-five. So I looked it up, and lo and behold, it says, well, you can still pay cash, but now the UMO app is up. So we installed it, showed it to them. So it's called UMO Mobility is the app. I put pictures into the show notes, item number 10. And then, Brian, you add money to your online wallet. And when yep. you want to hop on a bus, you scan the validation code in the app, and it deducts the fare from your online wallet. You, uh, so you use the app to scan one that's on the terminal where you would usually pay, I assume? You walk up and scan no, as you're No, you go up entering? to the bus and there's a little scanner pointing down and you just put your phone oh, with you the barcode. Yeah, you, you put the barcode. It's like scanning... It's like a touchpad on a, on a, a um, no, scanner yeah, inside no, a store. Yeah. You touch it. No, the other way around. It's, um, oh. It scans the barcode. So it's, oh, like, okay, it's okay. like using your... It's a laser um, scanner. Yeah, using yeah. your scene card at Thrifty Foods yep. or yep. your more rewards card at Save-On. It's like that. It's a laser scanner and it does that. Oh, gotcha. Now... Before you say anything, if you don't have a smartphone, that's okay. You can go and get a free UMO card, which is like a credit card, like a thick credit card, yep. and then you add money onto it at okay. the merchant where you buy it. Well, yep. they give you the card free, and you say, put 20 bucks on it. From then on, you can reload it from your computer. Okay. If you don't have a computer, you can go back to one of the authorized merchants and give them $20 and say, please put $20 more or 10 or whatever you want on the card. Is this replacing cash? Or are they not going to do cash anymore? At this point, they're going to continue to do cash. Okay. But you can see down the road. Yeah, it's going to have yeah. to go that way. Yeah, if you go to yeah. TransLink in Vancouver or any other major city, they go, what? What's cash? It's all, <laughs> it's all tap on, yeah. tap off. But this is good. So they've given people the flexibility. We're the first of 29 transit systems in BC, everywhere except mm-hmm. the Lower Mainland, will be using UMO. They start here, then they're going to do Cowichan, Comox, etc., and then expand to the Okanagan, things like that. So if you ride the bus, this is the thing. Go and try it if you want while we're on the show, so you can ask us any questions. UMO, U-M-O Mobility, and then add that on. And the neat thing about it is they've thought of a lot of really good things, Ron. For example, if you're visiting a city and you ride the bus twice, then it says, okay, now we're just going to make it a day pass for you so you don't pay any more. Oh, that's great. So you don't need to know that. Yeah. If you want to get a day pass, you can buy that. Um, also, they have a monthly pass here in Greater Victoria. It's a 30-day pass, $85 for an adult or 45 for a student and senior. It'll be tied into the UVic system where students automatically get. When you go down to Bellevue College, 
Tamugi, then they should have uh, a similar system down there. Theirs is called Sound Transit. That's their system, and that works on the rapid transit and the buses and the ferries as well. So, yeah, so this is a really... I've looked at it. I tried it. It seems to work pretty well. Um, it gives you directions, like I just did it a couple minutes ago. It says, set your home and work locations, and then anytime you want to get home, you just tap it, and it tells you which is the fastest bus from where you are. And it's even got Uber Ride built in. Well, and that's a great idea, too, because then you, there's a couple of things you don't have to do. If you have this take care of your bus trips, Uber ride, and the fact that it tells you which bus to catch. Yeah. You're not running two apps trying to figure out what to do and how to pay. And and the other good thing is this is the real-time information. That's the big deal, Brian. So instead of telling you when the bus should be here, yeah. it will tell you when the bus will be here because it's 10 minutes late in traffic. Oh, my goodness. That's a game-changer. So real-time. So this is it. So if, I know you don't like change, but this is, I mean, you, those are many of you listening to us, but this is a nice step forward. It works pretty easily, and it works with or without a smartphone. So so if you were using NextRide right now, it would be a good idea to load this app up and yes. use this in the meantime, even if you're not paying with it yes. initially. I put a link into the show notes, but it's really simple if you don't want to follow, don't want to go to the show notes to get it. bctransit.com slash UMO, UMO. Go there and it tells you where you can get the free UMO card if you don't want to use your smartphone. Or maybe you want to get the card in case you lose your phone, then you've still got a way to get a ride home. Don't have to phone somebody because well, you can't phone somebody because you lost your phone. So if <laughs> yeah. you want to co- be covered on both things, you could just put five bucks on the card and right. keep it in your in your wallet or your purse. So both options are all there. Another thing that this rule makes e- simpler is you have 90-minute transfer rights. I'm just looking it up after yeah. you buy your first trip. So if you need to take a transfer, it just it's not going to charge you again when you get onto the second bus. It knows this is ni- within 90 minutes of window of you getting on your first bus. It just knows automatically. Nice. So when you go and beep to get on, it goes, yeah. yeah, no extra fare. We'll do that. So they've really thought this out. This company in San Diego is one of the biggest out there. I had to look them up. Cubic transportation system. So there you go. Welcome to UMO Mobility. Okay, Saturday morning, we are live. We'd love to help you. If you've got any questions at all, Ron and Brian are here. 250-386-1161 will work on a home phone or a mobile. Star 1070 only works on mobiles in Canada. And you can text us at 1070-107010. Please include your first name somewhere in the text if you do. And I've also got the emails open at techtalk, T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K, at cfax1070.com. Among the things, when we come back, a big step forward towards the Universal Translator. Remember Babelfish from Hitchhiker's Hide to the Galaxy? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's meta, but nevertheless, it's a big step forward. We'll go through that. And also, Air Canada is offering for a small fee, cancel for any reason, get your money back instantly. (laughs) I wish I had that recently. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of you, Brian, when I heard that one. And YouTube's testing a new A-powered search feature that will let you find a music video of a song whose title you don't know by just humming a few notes of it. Awesome. That and much more when we continue on Tech Talk. 19 after the hour on Tech Talk. A couple people have texted in asking questions about the event. So the Salish Sea Lantern Festival is the one out in Sydney where we live, Ron. Yes, that we do. Saturday night. Uh, everyone gathers down at the foot of Beacon, and a lot of people get dressed up in things with lights. LEDs made it so easy. Yeah. Uh, kids, they sold lantern kits, things like that. So it starts, uh, starts. they have entertainment and food trucks and everything down at the foot of Beacon. If you're listening to us on Sunday or the podcast, 
Sorry, that was Saturday night, but that's that's a new one. Sydney's really trying to do a lot of self-promotion these yes. days. Boy, with the market, they're getting people out and all Su- these other things. Sunday afternoon, Eagle Eyes, the Eagles tribute band, free oh, yeah. concert down at the foot of Beacon. But there's just so much stuff going on this weekend as well. First of two weekends of Greek Fest, and I thought when I came back and I go, wait a minute, Dragon Boat Festival? No, that was before we went away. There's two. There was the one earlier this month, which was the Victoria Dragon Boat Festival in the harbor. This is now the Island Dragon Boat Festival in the Gorge Waterway. Oh, wow. That's this weekend. And then there's also the Freebie Film Festival. And then for the first time ever out at um, Starlight Stadium in Langford, the Anchors Away Arts and Music Festival is a new one. And the Harbor Blues and Roots Festival going on in the Inner Harbor. And first of two weekends for Greek Fest as well. So lots of stuff. And there's an event at Tillica Ball. Yes, please. Yes. This uh, is not one that, that it's Ricky like a, texted me and I didn't understand. Yeah, so. it's it's today from 11 to 3. It's a Tilica Mall in the upper parking lot. The parkade the, at the back. Uh, yeah, they're going to have well, food trucks there. Levels. They said local community groups mm-hmm. and artwork available to sell and look at. And yeah, the whole family's welcome. Just a free family event. No admission. 11 to 3 today. Behind, Saturday, behind Tilikum Center. So out yep. in the parking lot by toward, as you're walking towards Silver City. Yes. One more thing to do. Brian, one that we put in the show notes that you had sent to me. Watch out for yes. fake emails claiming to be from Shaw advising that your email service will be cut off if you don't update to their new mailbox version. The screenshot you sent me, I put it into the show notes, item number one. Right, yes. And yeah, basically that's it. Just uh, if you ignore this message... Uh, Dear what, user, starting on oh, August okay, 23rd, 23rd, all past versions of our mailbox will be totally shut down and then click here to update it. <laughs> yeah. Your email. Oh. Note, ignoring this message would result in the termination of your mailbox without your permission, and it's signed 2023 Mail Management. And it, I think, you, I don't know if you said, but it comes from Shaw at servicemail.net, which, if you don't know to expect it to be coming from an at Shaw, servicemail sounds like yeah. a real address. I didn't know them, but I checked them. They're an email provider in Chicago. Oh, exactly. And the click here oh. to update link takes you to a fake but real-looking Shaw webmail login page. And Brian sent me a screenshot, so that's in the show notes there as well. If you were to type in your at Shaw.ca email address and password, this is important. Because Shaw does not use two-factor authentication, hackers would immediately have access to all your emails. They could then start stealing your identity by triggering password reset emails from your bank, credit cards, other accounts. So that's really important. Yes. Never, never click on links or emails in text like this. And they're designed to scare you because if you count on your email and all of a sudden you get a message saying you're going to lose access if you don't do X or Y, then people go, oh my God, I better do this. Let's just say in all my years of handling problems, email questions, I have never seen a legitimate email (laughs) sent to anyone that threatened they would lose access to the email if they didn't do something right now. Well, Except for companies that like are closing out yeah, emails. Yeah, remember when Telus migrated to Google years yep. ago and all the train wreck that went with that? Those were real. Yes, you did have to do things. You had to pick a date to be my, and presumably something's going to happen somewhere down the road. It's part of Roger Shaw. Well, one that I can imagine, like things that you see come up regularly like on your machine, is your antiviruses running out. Yeah. Or if you your card expired for your iCloud storage or something. Like yeah. those are real things where it expires, but enough time goes by, you'll lose that data. Right. But always just go sign into your iCloud to yeah. find that. Sign never into the account links. in question. Yeah, you never would take go a link to, from yeah. an email sent to you. Yeah. And if you still use an at shaw.ca email account 
please get someone to help you migrate off it onto a more secure email provider which has much larger capacity. The fact that you can just be tricked into giving your password to a hacker and they immediately gain access, that should not be a thing. Any other program is going to sit there and want you to prove it's you before they give you access to the account. So not having two-factor authentication. The company that does the software that at Shaw.ca email works on, Zimbra Collaboration Software, they offer two-factor authentication before Shaw got bought by Rogers. They declined to pay that fee Uh to get that service. So that was a business decision. Rogers has now inherited that, and there has been not a word boo about what what happening. If you check their FAQ, I check it every week, and it says right now you can continue to use your at Shaw.ca email service. If anything changes, we'll let you know is what yes. the wording says. You know that's going to change, but when so. But it's, you know, for a number of people traveling, at Shaw.ca email service, as many of you discovered and then called one of us, it doesn't work except on webmail when you're traveling. So if you've got a smartphone and need to check your email to get your train reservation, good luck. When you tap your mail button, it goes, cannot connect to server. Right. And you're probably just going to sit there troubleshooting it. Like most people won't know, oh, it will work if I sign it online. Most people almost never do because it's an old portal that's very yeah, dated. Exactly. Anyway, that's there. So the link to that one, if you want to see that scam, if you know somebody that you think might fall for that Shaw webmail one, please t- show them the pictures that are in uh, item number one there. Okay, texts, phone calls, emails are welcome here. So we have one here. Oh, from Bruce. Do we need an Instagram account in order to use threads as a replacement for X, formerly Twitter? I have a Facebook account. Yes. If you don't have an Instagram account, in effect, when you create an account on X, it creates you an Instagram account. Wait, no, no. Okay. Threads. 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 Sorry, oh, sorry, we get yeah. reviews. Yes. Okay, okay, sorry. Thank threads you. Threads is like the new guy in town that's kind of replacing X because yeah. they've gone off the rails. So Threads is by Meta, and they link it to your Facebook yeah. slash Instagram account. But you can deactivate it, but you cannot delete your Threads account. Yes. And that a bunch of people have already complained about this, and all Instagram is saying is that they're looking at it. Mm-hmm. They're looking at it. So uh, you create an account, mm-hmm. you can deactivate it and stop using it, but it may sit there forever until Instagram decides to deal with it. One important change this week that had been much sought after, you can now use threads on your desktop. Previously, it was just an app. You just go to threads.net slash login. I put this into the show notes. Item number 14, threads.net slash login and input whatever you use to sign into Instagram. And once you're in, if you want to switch between your For You and your following feeds, the words are in the bottom left corner. That will toggle the feeds for you. So that's a big one, Brian, finally getting a the desktop version so it matches the same as X, formerly Twitter. You don't have to have an app in order to use it because a lot of people do their messaging. On, on X, Twitter, you know, on their desktop. Right. So that, no, that, that was a big step forward. Speaking of X, Elon Musk says uh, he's going to strip the headlines from news articles that are shared with an image on Twitter. Okay. Musk wants article uploaders to publish the content directly on X instead of linking to a third-party website. So to do that, he's going to sit there. So if you <laughs> post, if you if you put a link to the news article yeah. with the headline and the picture, it's just going to show the picture and the link. So he, he wants you to publish the news directly on Twitter with the 144 character limit? like Precisely. <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, he's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I read there. into another limitation that they started. So you can't message someone on Twitter who isn't you're not following unless you have a verified account. Yes. So unless you pay your ten dollars a month, you can't message other people that you you have to follow them first. Well, well yes. the other one I think we message. didn't get to in the show notes last week was the taking away the ability to block users. Yes. And it's a very you can mute can be, them, but you can't block them. Okay, I still when it's a, wow. you know can be a very toxic environment. I know. Online. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. abuse, yes. and you need to be able to block people. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, yeah, not not good Twitter. I mean X. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what's this? I'm sorry, it's a stupid name. I'm yes, sorry. Yeah. Just, we, what? Because you, you used to you would tweet some. You would tweet out the fact that there was a car crash, right? Yeah. What do you do now? You exit out. Exit. Out. No, you don't exit. You heard that this was... Entrant, ex, I mean, it just does not work. the most awkward thing ever. Yeah. I forget if we talked about this already. That was a carryover. I think it was PayPal when Musk was making mm-hmm. PayPal. He wanted to call it X. And they're yes. like, you're going to get mixed up with porn sites, all this yeah, kind of nope, stuff. Like, this is not a good idea. And all these years later, he's like, no, I still really think there would be a great company named X. Yes. Did you discuss the X on their building in San Francisco? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Which they put up and then they had to take down. It was blindingly yeah. bright. It was killing the, the people, people in the next the building. It was unbelievable. And they didn't have sign permits for it either, so yeah. they had to take yeah. it down. Massive strobes. It was insane. Quick break for <laughs> news update and back with more. Love to have you join us here by text, by email, or phone while we're live on Saturday. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry. On CFAX 1070. As we roll on for August 26th and 27th, Ron Fraser is in studio with us. He is a Sydney tech enthusiast, lives out in Sydney by the sea with me, and Brian Pavlicic is back behind the microphone, only having to semi-multitask. Not like <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to clarify, we're not living together, <laughs> but we do live in Sydney together. Yeah, Tamara and Suzanne might have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll tech all the time, eh? I'm going to go right back to the phone line. Saturday morning, we're live. And Marie, hi, Marie. Welcome to the program. Hi, Alan. I uh, wanted to express my appreciation to both you and Brian. Oh, what did we do? (laughs) Well, you helped me so much this past week. Um, You especially helped me with uh, a network issue that I received when I was using OneNote. Oh, yes, I remember. I texted you from Alaska, yes. You did, and I was so surprised, and and I did appreciate it. And and because it scared me, I thought that I was going to be charged for something. Yeah, do you want to back up and tell people in case somebody else has the same issue and then they won't have to get scared? Well, I was shopping, and uh, I used OneNote for a shopping list, and this pop-up told me that uh, your network connection is approaching or over its bandwidth limit. If you continue to use OneNote, you may incur charges from your network provider. And that's a real warning. Whether it's accurate or not uh, is the thing. But that is, that's Ron, that's not a scam. That's an actual warning. Okay, is a limitation on uh, OneNote? Uh, well, you can put in a limitation to warn yourself okay. if you get over. Because OneNote, as we discovered, Brian, with the show notes, yeah. has an individual account uh, limit. But this would be different from that. So, yeah, so Marie texted me and said, help. And I said, well... How much data do you get per month? I can't imagine that you would be going over that. So you checked your bill, Marie? Yes, I did. And you're getting and how much per on, month? I was on Freedom 40. Yeah, so. 40 yeah. gigabytes. Pretty so big. not yeah. a problem. Should be lots, yeah. So yeah. did you find out where the warning came from? Had you or somebody helped you put um, a flag in so when you went over like one gig or something, it would warn you? I actually don't know. I looked, uh, as you suggested, and I didn't see um, where there was a limit. I looked to see where all my storage 
was. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I could think of is maybe I've been somehow downloading the Tech Talk notes. Oh, but even then, that would uh, you're on 40 gigs per month. And <laughs> no, because we've got a limit, as we discovered, of just over two gigs per entire notebook. So the entire 2023 Tech Talk notes cannot go over 2.2 gigs. So even right. if you downloaded it... You 20 know, years worth. Yeah, you'd, you'd still be okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe somebody helped you put in um, a data monitoring app. There's a myriad of apps, Ron, that are available to let people keep track of their data uh, usage. Yeah, and there's a default one on the Android phones where you can put in an amount that gives you... Uh, you set a limit, and yep. it'll warn you when you approach the limit and actually stop your data when yeah. you hit a certain I'm on point. iPhone. Yeah, on, yeah. I, on an iPhone, so on there, so the best, what I'd said to Marie and anybody else, the ultimate arbiter of how much data you've used is your carrier. Right. So go to the app for your carrier, and they will tell you how much they say you've used in any given month, and then you can see how much you've got left. And that's yeah, the key thing. Right. Yeah, yeah there. it was a tiny bit. Yeah, well, there and you go. So, I'm, I'm glad. I'm sorry for so, the panic, but I'm really glad you reached out. And I also want to thank Brian because this wasn't a panic situation, but it was a frustration. Yeah. No, um, we're, we're glad my daughter to help. And I, my daughter and I were working on a, 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 a form, a PDF, and we couldn't edit it with our on our iPads. Mm-hmm. And Brian was kind enough to write a long note back and also include a, a website that I could go to and... and um, and it was very, very helpful, and I so appreciate that. We did, the, yeah. I sent her the Tom's guide article on yeah. how to, uh, because it's not necessarily obvious. Like most, and most searches online will direct you to download Adobe to do it. Mm-hmm. But you, if That's you exactly. open your PDF through files, then you can hit the little pen icon to annotate. And there's also the like, it looks like it's three dots in a box, and yeah. it will highlight all the fields, and then you can click in to edit each field. Yes. It's very helpful for filling out forms, but it's you know, it's just hidden, kind of. Yeah. Well, thanks. It it's nice of, nice of you to take the time to, to let us know. We it, The feedback is really appreciated. We love helping that way. I do appreciate you both. Thanks right. so much. Thanks, I Marie. love this program. Right. Oh, thank Bye. you. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> By the way, speaking of PDFs, um, Tammy emailed in uh, because we had talked uh, a couple weeks ago, a woman had a problem viewing a PDF. She asked if this was because she didn't have Adobe Reader. You said Adobe Reader had been retired about three years ago. If I said that, oops me wrong. What I meant to say, we encouraged you to retire Adobe Reader. It constantly gets security holes that Adobe has to patch. Yeah. The patches are not automatic. It's been going on for years. Yeah, it's so pretty yeah. well every browser out there supports not just PDFs, but the big thing, exactly what Marie was saying, fillable PDFs. Yes. doesn't matter whether you're using Chrome or Safari or Edge, or whatever they do this. But Tammy had a good point. She says, Adobe Reader is still a current software and is available for both Macs and PCs, also available on the Apple App Store. I have it on both my work and home Mac computers as well as on my iPhone. Um, If all you want to do is view a PDF, it's perfectly fine to do that using the built-in PDF renderer that comes with all the major browsers. However, if the PDF is a fillable form, most of the browsers have different but quirky problems with fillable feeds. 
fillable fields. And this is what Tammy said. I thought this paragraph was important. She wrote, this is what I do for a living. I make fillable PDF forms every day. There are still a surprising amount of those forms being made. That's why we always recommend the person download the PDF and use Reader to fill and save the PDF form because of these browser issues. Most problems encountered with fillable forms are resolved by using Reader rather than the browser. And that's probably because they're using Adobe to create it. So yes. it understands the reader and yeah. then will understand filling it properly. So if you're not doing a lot of fillable forms, I think I would recommend you pass on Adobe Reader because of the security issues that constantly have to be addressed. If it's something that you're doing a lot, then yes, uh, Tammy's right. You could download Adobe Reader and then use it. But just please, please remember to make it get it updated and you have to check for updates you can't it doesn't just pop up and say it's been updated well for reading and printing i've used edge forever and, yeah. and microsoft edge works fantastically well just when, to read and print yeah when we yeah. sold the condo on selling the condo and all that stuff yeah. the number of forms that tony joe and his team had to send us from the prime real estate team with docusign and the fillable forms and all that i never had a problem using Using Edge on that. But well, here's a cool feature for people that are interested on Android phones. Yes. Inside the Android Notes app, once you type something in or copy and paste something in there, mm-hmm. you can then save it as a JPEG, mm-hmm. as a uh, PDF file, or just as a regular plain text file. And I've done that a few times when I had to send something to someone, yep. send it as an image if they want to see it as an image they can look yep. at quickly, that sort of thing. And you don't want it editable. Yeah. Oh, the, and the other thing uh, on an iPhone as well that is really cool, if you're on a website and you can take a screenshot, mm-hmm. but, if you, if, but if you want the whole web, the whole web page, not just the, what you see on the screen, like you don't have, like I see people, they go, take a screenshot, scroll, take a screenshot, scroll. You, <laughs> yes. you don't Android have to do that. Android does that too now. Yeah, they, yeah. Bo- oh, wow. they both do that feature. You'll see there's a button that says save as PDF and it says full page. Yep. Okay. Oh, so so on. Yeah, on the iPhone, when you take the screenshot, you go to like the. It does the preview screen. That's right. Tap the preview screen. Like it'll pop up in the left hand corner. Bottom left corner. And then at the top, there's a there's a two tabs. There's screen or full page. There you go. And if you go to save the full page, it saves as a PDF, and you and you can crop it. But you could also spend yeah. some on a whole article as a PDF rather than screenshotting it bit by bit. Yeah, so if it's like a really long New York Times article and you want to read it on the plane where there's going to be no internet, it's ideal for doing that. It saves the yeah. whole 14 pages worth of stuff all as one thing. So, yeah. So, but, Tammy, thank you. Your, po- your point is well taken. I apologize. I did not mean to say that Adobe Reader had gone away. We just recommend that for the vast majority of you, you put it away and uninstall it and mm-hmm. don't use it again. But Tammy, your point's well taken. If, if fillable PDFs are a big part of your life, particularly if you're doing medical stuff and yeah. they're coming yeah. from different specialists, you may find that 9 out of 10 work well. One of them doesn't, then, then I go, okay. No, she makes a good point reader. for yeah. that, for sure. Quick break and back with more. Quarter to the hour on Tech Duck. Hour number one for August 26th and 27th. That was a very fast summer there. In the show notes, I put a couple uh, screenshots of things I took from our time on the Crown Princess. Because, guys, the technology on cruise ships has really come a long way. They took advantage of the COVID shutdown to refit the ships with the, the latest technology and the one that um, they have on board both Holland America and Crown Princess 
Princess Lines now uses a medallion, and you just, they give it to you. It's engraved with your name on the way in. I found somebody's in the hot tub and took it back, and they said, oh, we'll send a message to them. It'll Drinks are on me. <laughs> but it'll pop up on the screen. It'll pop up on the door of their screen, yep. of the screen of their door, saying medallion waiting at, at guest services. But all you do oh. is you wear it somewhere on you, and as you walk down the, the breezeway to your cabin, it, it unlocks the door for you. Brilliant. It lets you know, in the case of Susanna and myself, it lets you know if somebody else is in the room. So the cabin attendants will never disturb you mm. because they can tell you that the room is occupied or not occupied. And everywhere you go, you don't even have to take it out. You just do this. If you walk out of your room, the door locks behind you. And then if you go, oh, crap, I forgot something, then you have to hold the medallion up to the disc on the door. Hmm. And it will re-unlock. Otherwise, it's... Right, you don't want it to automatically unlock in case you walk away, change your mind and walk away. Yeah, but it lets you know if I want to find where Suzanne is. For those of you that don't want to do the onboard Wi-Fi or anything like that, it lets you know where the other person is. So you don't, if they're napping up on the Lido deck, you can just go up there and join them. You don't have to, you know, hunt all over the ship for them. And if you order something, like if you order a drink or a grilled cheese sandwich, they'll bring it right to wherever you are on the ship anywhere. Well, and let's face it, these are three football fields long. Yeah. And they have as many people, and they have like 3,000 people on them with crew or more. And one point we did that, and then the wind changed, so we shifted to the other side of the same deck we're on. Susan says, no, we can't go. We have to wait for the drink. I go, no, they know where we are. And sure enough, they come walking over because they can tell on their system. And it's matched with your face. So they don't bring you the the wrong drink because I just thought it was brilliant. So whenever yeah. you whenever you dine, whenever you shop, whatever yeah. you do, every activity, any photos that they take of you, they pop up in the photos tab on on the app. So you're going to find this out when you and Tamara go next summer on the Koenigsdam with yeah. We well, heard America. I was watching a video in the Koenigsdam, and when you walk by the area where they display the photos, when we did this cruise twelve years ago. Um, you'd have to sort through 2,000 photos to find the ones <laughs> yeah. of, you know, it was a yeah. game of concentration. But now they have uh, huge screens, and as you walk by, any photos they take of you pop up because it knows you're walking by. Ooh. And it uses facial recognition yeah. to do this. So oh, okay. they take your picture, and they know you. Yeah. This, this is all very incredible and very convenient, and Alan <laughs> knows where I'm going is the <laughs> privacy stuff. It's yeah. like just like... They are getting such minute, perfect information on you, who you're with, right. where you spend your money, what all these things. What kind of drinks you like, what yeah, you eat. it's yeah. pretty incredible. And yeah. I'm sure yeah. the terms of service of what they can do with that information yeah. would be very interesting. And it's just a taste of like what is capable. Like when will a store or an event, like you go to Coachella and it's it's like this, like yeah. everything's just hooked up or stuff like this is where we're heading, but constant reminders of like... It is, wow, yeah. And we talked about concern. it, we discussed it. And the convenience in this case, so they know how many Aperol spritzes I had and they, you know, and they know what I that I had French onion soup almost every night in the buffet or not yeah. in the buffet, in the dining well, maybe room. Maybe who you're f- affiliating with. Yeah. If, if you were some, right, if right. You're very important people and they can sell that data... Of like, oh yeah, well, these yeah. two CEOs went and they spent. They were really smoozing a lot, mm-hmm. and yeah. like they they have a lot of data to access yeah. there. Anyway, the, the thing that I really liked about it was especially because the Princess Line does cater to to older people, yep. and so we did a lot of a lot of tech help everywhere on the ship. Oh, but the goodness. thing that I really liked was about the second or third day, um, all throughout the ship are giant sixty five inch um, touch screen panels, and they show the ship. And they show all the activities that are coming up. And within a couple of days, 
people in their 90s were learning to scroll across to find where bingo was or to find out what game show was in which venue things like that they learned to go up and down side by side and it was really neat to see to see cup one one person in the couple would be showing their spouse how to do this and i thought that that was really good use of technology it really made it a really relaxing cruise so i was very impressed with that medallion I didn't Technology. realize how much you could spend on a suite on a cruise ship. No. I saw a video on the Disney Wish, mm-hmm. and there's a special suite, the Roy Disney Suite or something. Mm-hmm. It's a two-level suite. It's 2,500 square feet, I believe. Wow. Up to $35,000 a night for four people. Wow. <laughs> that, that, that's amazing. Although, pretty well, all the cruise lines now allow you to come on board, and especially us, the ones that do the, the routes. Very few cruise ships go zip, 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 back and forth. Yeah. They all, For example, the Crown Princess was doing a 10-day Alaska run, dropped us off in Vancouver on Friday, and then was going to do an 11-day, and then Seattle... And then later on, it's going oh, wow. to do Hawaii, and it's going to do... So, they're, so they're, they don't stay in the same runs. They cross over and change availability. On yeah, runs. and there are people that, that move on board and will go for a year on the ones that specifically never do the same run twice. They have a, normally every line. So it was, it was eye-opening for me to see how this stuff has all changed. So I put a couple pictures of that. So if you're thinking of going on a cruise, you've got lots of choices there. But I just put a couple pictures, see if you'd be comfortable. If anyone's interested, Tamara's looking at a cruise um, that Holland America's doing down in Australia and New Zealand. It's 90 days, $22,000 per person. Not bad. 90 days divided up the cost. Okay. Wow, that would be something. Uh, The other thing that a lot of people asked about was the Wi-Fi on board. We paid for the package that included the Wi-Fi on board and the drinks because it also included the tips for the staff, and that was really important. So the staff were absolutely fabulous, things like that. And the Wi-Fi was 5 megabytes per second. Right. So it was really good because people could use their phones, but they weren't going to live on their phones because you were going to get a little frustrated trying to scroll through everything on Facebook or all that. So, But it was really great. And otherwise, we were on the Freedom Plan that no. we switched to when we got our new phones specifically with this in mind. So that's Canada, U.S. So when we went ashore... Didn't even think about it, just yeah, use it. Yeah, just automatically yeah. text each other. For, that's how so many of you... I had my phone muted most of the time, but as many of you know that did reach out... I did try to try to get back to you while we were waiting for something somewhere and try and get back with by texts or emails or, or some phone calls there as well. By the way, at the bottom of the show notes is a, um, a sign on the back of a pickup truck camper in Alaska. That is our sign of the week that I thought some of you uh, would enjoy as well. Okay, quick break. We're back with more. We got a really, um, really neat email I want to share with you in the second hour as well from a fellow that took issue with what we were saying about power bars and how you need to replace them every two or three years. Colin, thank you. That your email absolutely made my day when I found that when I got back. And also because Ron loves doing um, camera stuff with DSLR as well. Uh, several calls from people who'd seen the pictures I'd sent and were trying to decide for their vacation whether to take their DSLR or just their smartphone, or which one to buy. And so there's some interesting thoughts, and I put an example in the show notes at item 23. More coming up after this. John and Deborah on the phones. As we continue on Tech Talk with Alan and Ron and Brian, and John on the phone. Hi, John. Welcome to Tech Talk. Thank you very much, Alan. How are you doing? Hey, I've not heard your voice in a while. How are you? Uh, no complaints. Good. No one will listen if you do. Well, <laughs> other than Tannis. <laughs> How can we help? Yeah. Um, I just got an email from Google to verify my uh, 
uh, email address. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the email try, address yeah. that it came from? No, thank you for being careful. What address did the email come from, John? It just says from Google. Okay. It helped strengthen the security of your Google account. Yes, this sounds good and real so far, Ron. Yeah, recently they've been reaching out and doing that. But can you hover over the thing that says it's from Google and see exactly what email address it's coming from? Sorry, uh, my computer's upstairs. Okay. Oh, no problem. Okay, Okay, so what you want to do also is what do they want you to do? They want you to click on something? No, just to verify... uh your recovery email. Oh, your recovery email. Yes, okay, that's real. Yep. But, just in case. Well, yeah, yeah. And Brian's going, well. Yeah, so <laughs> the thing they want you to click on, you're going to put your mouse on top of it, but you're not going to click. And it's going to give you a pop-up that tells you where it's going to take you. That's the real, the proof in the pudding. But that does sound very legitimate, because a lot of people are getting locked out of their Google account, uh, and then they're having to say, I'm sorry, we don't have enough information to prove it's you, so nah, you've lost all your Gmails. Well, you not, haven't lost them. You just have no access to them because we can't prove it's you. Oh, I didn't know they were sending these out as emails. Obviously, you sign, a lot of times I've you sign them, in, yeah. it, it yeah. prompts you to update your security. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. So yeah, Alan put me on uh, Outlook. That's right. You're yeah. using... Yeah, you're do using you even a, have a yeah. Gmail anymore, though, is the question, like... Do you still have a Gmail yeah, account? Yeah, I think you still have a Gmail because you use that for your YouTube because that's all owned by right. Alphabet. Yeah. And if you have an Android phone, you need to have a, a He's got Gmail account. Yeah. So. Nope. so check that one but when you get back up to the computer, John, but that should be it. It's just wanting to verify that, but just hover your mouse over the yeah. thing they want you to click on, and it should make sense, but that one sounds legitimate. And the absolute safest thing, as we always say, is just go to your Google account. Like sign into Gmail, hit manage my account, and just check there and verify your two your yeah, two factor. Yeah, will prompt you there when you log yeah. on if yeah. you haven't done that. Yep. Yep. So John, to my, you know, can, to my knowledge, I don't have a Gmail. Account. I think you do for oh. YouTube. It might just be a Google account. Yeah, I'm quite sure that you then. do, John, for for YouTube. I think you and and Tannis each have a separate one for uh, for YouTube, and that was why. Right. Tannis had one because she had an Android phone, and that was you have to have one for that. Yeah, for the Play yes. Store. Yes. But, but I think, you, and you might actually be sharing hers. It might be that way. I can't okay. remember, but yeah, but check it. Just double check by hovering over the button they want you to click on. Okay, thank you very thank much. You. Thanks for being careful. That, that's really important. By the way, as we take a break for the news here, uh, the Rolling Stones appear to reveal the title of their forthcoming 31st album. They did it via an ad for a fictional glass repair business. Business. They placed this ad in a local British paper. Uh, it's the Hackney Gazette, and it was for a fa- fake glass repair business called Hackney Diamonds. That's going to be the title of their new album, which is going to include songs with late stone drummer Charlie Watts. He recorded his drumming before his death, so that's coming out in September. Hour number two coming up. Stay with us. Now, Tech Talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. This is the second half of our final show for the month of August, August 26th and 27th, 2023. Saturday morning, the 26th, we're live. Sunday afternoon is a rebroadcast. And Brian will be making a podcast for you with all the events going on this weekend. I suspect many of you will be listening to us on the podcast. So, hi, wherever you are. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined by... Ron Fraser. Ron is our Sydney Tech enthusiast. And Brian, again, for people in the first hour, thanks to you and Gary for filling in while we were away on the Crown Princess in Alaska. Everything worked. It was awesome. The weather. I put a couple pictures uh, down at the bottom 
of the show notes last week of things we were there. I also put one in that we'll talk about later on uh, in this hour. A lot of people asking, should I use a smartphone? Did I take a DSLR? I actually haven't. I've never had a DSLR. I had a single-end reflex back in the days of 35 mil film. Mm-hmm. They still have those. There was one person on the cruise ship that I saw taking out. I said I had to go over and talk to him because he was taking out little canisters. Remember the canister with the 35 mil film yeah, cartridge? Yeah, of course, yeah. Do you that's, remember that's those? That's become oh, wait, popular. I went, to photo, I went yeah. to photo school while the transition yeah. was happening. Yeah. We were, yeah, we were yeah. the last year to do film. Yeah. Then they switched to full digital. Yeah, but I never had DSLR, and I was absolutely uh, tickle pink with the quality. We'll, 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 we'll talk more about that. Uh, we were talking in the first hour, this is important if you ride the bus, about the UMO, a uh, cashless payment system that BC Transit is rolling out first here in Victoria and then elsewhere in the province here. And the interesting email that came in from Ryan, uh, he says, and this is interesting, they're using the UMO conversion to secretly do an 11% fare increase. This is what he says. They've always rewarded loyalty when you buy a sheet of tickets that make a single fare of $2.25. And a day pass would be two tickets for $4.50. I still have about four tickets left from the sheet of tickets. I was planning on buying those for our students, but now UMO's there. But this, um, Ryan says in his email, those sheets are being discontinued. So now it's going to be $2.50, the standard fare. No more discount for, for sheets of tickets. Yeah, unless they buy a student pass for $45 a month. That's yeah. what most of them do. Yeah. Uh, you just need to ride it really a few times on, you know, on the weekends. And yeah, but for you and me, if we only do it <clears throat> using the UMO, it's going to be $2.50 yes. or $5 for a day pass. And yeah. all you have to do is ride twice and it becomes a day pass. Yep. But Ryan has a point that there will be no more $2.25 effective fare if you buy a sheet True. of 10 for twenty two fifty. So Ryan, thank you for pointing that one out. One that I want to show you before we get to the phone lines here, because this is one of those really big deal moments, I think. Meta, parent company of Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, has taken a big step towards creating a universal translator like Babelfish from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's called Seamless M4T, and I'm going to get Brian to play a bit of the audio in a minute. It's an AI-powered neural network that, get this, it can perform text-to-speech, speech-to-text, speech-to-speech, and text-to-text translations up to 100 languages. Here's a bit of, of, the, of the video, even though you're not going to be able to see it, and I encourage you to watch this video clip that's in the show notes, item number 11, talking about what you can do by having that universal translator. Let's take, for example, the phrase, our goal is to create a more connected world. If I say this in Spanish, Nuestro objetivo es crear un mundo más conectado. Seamless M4T can translate this phrase into text for nearly 100 different languages. So we scroll down some pics Vietnamese. The model can also generate speech-to-speech translation for 35 languages. Mục tiêu của chúng tôi là tạo ra một thế giới kết nối hơn. Isn't that cool? Now, you phrase code switching. Now, let's talk about code switching. Code switching happens when a multilingual speaker switches between languages while they are speaking. Our model Seamless M4T automatically recognizes and translates more than one language when mixed in the same sentence. Wow. As a multilingual speaker, this is a very exciting capability for me. I often switch from Hindi to Telugu when I speak with my dad. 
Notice in the following example when I change languages. मैं हिंदी तेलुगु और अंग्रेजी में बोल सकती हूँ కొన్నిసార్లు నేను ఒకే సంభాషణలో అన్ని మూడు భాషలను ఉపయోగిస్తాను I can speak wow. Hindi, Telugu and English. Sometimes I use all three languages in one conversation. So what you couldn't see there on the screen was as she was switching seamlessly in her voice between those multi-languages on the screen the character switched. You actually saw it switch between languages on the screen as she did it. Well, I, this is a render they're doing for the example. I don't know that you would actually see a real-time... No. You've yeah. used the, this product and... It, no, no, in, but oh, oh. the people that have been using the demo mm-hmm. have said, yeah. Oh, oh. In real time, real time. In wow. the time you heard that, because you saw the characters flying by on the screen, Brian, sure, as we were yeah. doing that. Yeah. Well, and the other advantage is that we've, I mean, we've had a lot of foreign students and they'll know three quarters of what to say in their language yes. or in English, but then they don't have translation for the rest. They yeah. could... Mm translate we go into another yeah. language and it would give you the proper translation in either one you choose yeah i have friends that are, that are filipino and tagalog they switch yeah. back and forth rapidly between yeah. english because i can understand half of what they're saying <laughs> yeah. when they're giving yeah. directions because i'll hear <laughs> berard at granville you know things like that <laughs> what it's like hockey player names in french um yeah. same thing so you remember ron when we, well brian you were there when we time did that kettle. Yeah, time, time kettle, kettle yeah. The, yeah. the little trend this is basically that gone forward a whole bunch of With years. the so. extra power involved yeah. in computing and speed of the internet yeah. and all that. Where's the money? I want to know where the money is behind this. How did they yeah. afford this? Because, like, this is pretty incredible. Because guess who's doing it? Well, that's meta. And so, therefore, they get to see and sell the information of everything they're translating. <laughs> of course. And this ties into a text what we were talking about with all the technology on the on the cruise ships here. Mm-hmm. Uh thanks for bringing up the privacy aspect of all the tracking Brian. This is from a number at 7758. I work in the privacy business and it's a real concern. What do the cruise ships do once your trip is completed? So Ron, you're going to find out when you do Holland America yeah. next year. Yeah. There is a privacy policy. Yeah. To be honest, I did not read it because we were getting ready for the cruise and there was a lot well, of other things we had to read. And you'd probably need a lawyer on hand or I mean maybe you're good at reading legalese, but Yeah. Um so I'm sure I will go through because several of you have mentioned this and see what I can find out about about the policy on the cruise ship. Mhm. I'm kind of hoping it says they delete the information except what they need for future cruise marketing or whatever, but I don't, I can't imagine, maybe I'm being naive, I can't imagine that Princess really wants to know, you know, down to that detail, how many cans of Coke I had and how many, you know, how many French onion soups I had. Well, I just just had a look at Holland America's privacy policy and it says they use it to provide services and products to you that they think may be of interest but they show the partners they share it with mm. there is a list here yeah of every cruise company you can think of yeah wow. um you know most of the travel agents and this is like worldwide they're sharing it with all of these the key thing people. is are they sharing it with data brokers which is the really big one in other words are they sharing it with meta are they sharing it with Google to those, add those to the profile? Those are the biggest ones. That's still yeah. pretty big, what Ron's yeah. saying there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It says they share it with promotional partners, which could 
be anybody. Yeah. Yes, wow. um, but the first two are service providers and affiliates, which are related to your trip. Yeah. But so, then it's the other one, the promotional partners. Yeah. So I promised I would uh, bring this up for a listener. Um, and they called, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but they said, I can't quite understand what Alan is talking about sometimes because I know the company Meta, but then Alan talks about Meta and who is Meta. Oh, right. And so I just brought <laughs> up this pronunciation video. <laughs> Where is it? No? It's a meta joke. Meta. But so the UK is... Meta. Very much pronouncing the T. And in the US, it seems to be more of a D. Meta. Meta yeah. versus meta. But I think what you're doing is you're taking spinning off the beta. word beta, beta and making it meta. Yes. But uh, anyway, so okay. I promised. I was like, okay, I'm going to put Alan on blast. I will sort this out. Okay. I will, I'll bug him about the pronunciation. So meta, not meta. So just one of you say something and we'll... Well, well let's okay. talk about data too. Data is yeah. the way oh, you pronounce yes. data. data. See, so that is, it's really hard to... <laughs> I totally understand exactly why this is happening. Yes. But I also could not find anyone else who says it the way you do. So Meta. Okay. Meta, so. Sorry, so, maybe I could have no, done that off no, air. But. No, I'm glad, really <laughs> glad you did because several other people are probably going to mention that to me. So, okay, so smack me uh, aud- audibly whenever I say, okay, I'm glad you're and say meta. Absolutely, that's an important one. Uh, one other one here. This is, this is, I think, well, I'll let you guys decide. Air Canada has teamed up with Hopper, that's a travel technology firm, to offer a cancel for any reason option for a small fee which will see you, depending on which of the two fees you pick, get either 100% or 80% of your money back instantly refunded to the method you paid with if you cancel within 24 hours of your flight. So the key here is that you get the money back instantly. It's not like you have to wait three weeks, six weeks, whatever, and go fight with them. You just say, we decided there's fire smoke in Kelowna. We're not going to go. So canceling the flight and... The money's back on whatever method, credit card, or, well, presumably be credit card, but... That's pretty different. incredible. That's the, And the big different distinction is there, you get the money back. Every other airline, you know, it's always like, oh, yeah, we've offered you a credit for that. And if you're not flying within the next six months, it'll just expire. Yes. Like, so, so how much is it for yeah, this Yeah, so, for example, an Air Canada example, economy standard flight, if you pay $15 to the hopper service, you get 80% of your money back. If you pay $20, you get 100% of your money back. So it's like travel insurance, but you get the money back, no questions asked, instantly. The cruise lines do this too. They have We, we actually purchased that option. Yeah. Where you get, it's either, again, it's either 80 or 100%, depending on when you cancel. Yep. The closer you get oh. to your cru- cruise date, exactly. it drops down to 80% back. Yeah. Um, but they, they bundle it with things like medical insurance and so on. But... They've been doing that for a while, and they found a lot of people are buying it. So yeah. if a lot buy it, and when you think about it, you book this this cruise or this flight because you really want to go. Mm-hmm. You're not buying it to cancel. Yeah. So mm-hmm. chances are you're going to take the flight anyway, yeah. and that's a little profit for them. But in terms yeah. of airfares, you might have one part of your journey that's not nailed down yet, So, sure. but you want to make sure you get there. So you can book three different flights. Right. And then once you get closer and you get the thing nailed down, you can cancel two of them. That's a good point. So you pay that fee per flight booking? You can yeah. do the additional $20? Yeah. yeah. That's, I would have gladly done that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. If there's any flexibility there so, or questions. So the way this works, you just select the fare on the Air Canada app or website and look for the cancel for any reason plan option, and it will give you the two choices, 80% or 100%. Now, the farther you're going... The more expensive the fare, certainly, yeah. then the difference is going to be is going to be greater. Eighty percent to oh, versus one hundred percent. You know, if it's a two hundred dollar fare versus you know seventeen hundred dollar fare. But the twenty dollar fee is. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, this okay. just came up last night. I was doing homework for sure. for the show here and did this. And Hopper, by the way, that's um, a publicly traded um, stack capital based out of Toronto. So it's a Canadian company. Air Canada says, we don't want to do this. We don't like giving money back. So yeah. we're going to partner with Hopper. So Hopper is going to do uh, all the work. So... If well, this catches on, other airlines would presumably do the same thing. And as we know, the airlines are like running at capacity right now. So chances are, if you do cancel, they'll fill that seat, no problem. Yes. Oh, good point. You know? so, so there you go. Item yeah. number 12 in the show notes has got the link on the details there. Quick break and we come back. Deborah's been waiting. She's got a key question about uh, her mail going crazy on her iPhone. So we'll come back and do that as well and take more of your calls, texts, and emails. Saturday morning when we're live, you can join the program. 107010 will connect us by text if you're in Canada. And by phone line, it's 250-386-1161. If you're on a mobile phone, then it's star 1070. 21 after the hour on Tech Talk with Alan and Brian and Ron. And Deborah has been waiting very patiently on the phone. Hi, Deborah. I held off going to you right away before the news because Brian said you had a, an important one that was a little complex. So thanks for waiting. Oh, yes, you're welcome. Thank you, Alan. Um, so last night I was uh, going through my emails on my... I have an iPhone XS. Yep. And, uh, and I go through, you know, I go to my... And then I go to the junk and I delete the junk and then I go to my trash to delete the trash. Now, can I ask, well, which button do you go to to get your emails on your iPhone XS? Do you click uh, on the blue button? and white mail envelope? Or do yes, you... I do. Okay, That's I just want... Sorry, because there's a myriad of different ways we could go. Thanks. Yeah, okay. Uh, and so when I went to delete the trash, uh, it didn't respond, so I, I went and I selected all to delete them again. And then it just started rolling over and rolling over and rolling over. And all of a sudden, it was taking all of my emails, not just from trash, uh, but just taking them and rolling them over and going into other mailboxes and deleting them. That's not good. Boxes too. Was no, it just, it's not good. I mean, the first assumption is, like, where the mistake, an easy mistake to make might be, you try to delete the junk, something happened, and you return to your inbox and you hit select all and delete, mm. you know, that would explain that. It wouldn't explain yes. going into different folders. No. Um, have you seen your, like, com- your com- inbox completely empty out? Or, Well, you know, I, I started panicking, and, that, mm-hmm. and, the, and I, I may have done that. I may have somehow gotten back to my inbox. Mm-hmm. But anyway, at that point, I, I shut the phone down. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then when I, when I do turn it back on again and I go to mail, when I open up that mailbox, it starts doing it all over again. Yeah. So I, is there any way that I can retrieve these or where have they gone? Yeah, you should uh, have, by default, you should have probably 30 days on your tr- before your trash empties. Um, so you could pull them all back um, would be one option. Depending on, you could have your trash set up different ways, but you should at least you know, have two weeks to a month for the auto delete. Oh, okay. 
Um, okay. So you could pull everything out of your trash back and start there, but uh, I'm just still a little curious. So certain folders are actually empty. Like, do you, do you use folder structure a lot? Like, do you have a bunch of folders that are now emptying themselves? Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're starting to... They're That's starting the everything is starting part. to yeah. Isn't it weird? I know it was it was very strange. And you haven't anyway, gotten any I, weird emails like somebody's like ransacking your email and gonna ransom it to you or something? No. Yeah, that no, would be my like first that. start. Just for peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I and this is an at what email address? Oh. At what? Uh, at, at telus.net. Yes. Okay, so I would go into the web interface for your account. So that would be okay. gmail.com. Yeah. Log in, and then go up in the corner, manage my account. Yeah, click on your face or your initials, whatever you have set as your in the image top there, right. Click on you, manage your Google account. Uh, mm-hmm. And then once you're on that page, down the left-hand side, there is security. Once you hit that security tab, it'll take you to the security page, and right there you'll see recent security activity. Um, and, and you can even hit review to review all of them. Um, See if there's anything unusual. But even if so, just in case, I would go down, uh, go down one more to where it says your password is right above that. And then click on that. It'll tell you when you last changed it. Mm. And then I would change it again now just to make sure somebody isn't going in there and unrelated to what you were doing, Ron, isn't somehow messing around with your account and doing stuff. Possibly. Then, if you do that and stuff is still happening, we'd have to go and find if there were any filters that were doing things. If there were any, in- oh, a filter is an instruction that you give your email program. When an email comes in and mentions broccoli, put it in the recipes folder. Or right. if an email comes in and mentions cauliflower, delete it immediately. I'm just right. giving you a couple quick examples. Right. But it should all be sitting right. in the recycle bin as it is now, if it's just deleting Well, unless folders. the filter was to was to delete and not... Not yeah. recycle, yeah. Yeah, you have those choices. Yeah. So A, double, double check the password. Do that first okay. of all. And then B, go in and check for rules. And yep. then C, Ryan? Uh, <laughs> so, well, um, and this is a good thing that anyone can check if there's any question on your account. You can, like, the sign-in security is something. You can also see what devices on that same security page are signed in. And you can say manage all devices, look through, and it'll be like every, your let desktop, your iPhone, yeah. all these different things. If you don't recognize something, you can always click on a device uh, and tell it to sign, that, sign it out. Yeah, and because you've changed the password, then they can't get back in. This is why we recommend you use a web-based email program, either Outlook.com, Gmail, or in your case, Telus.net, if you're okay with the privacy. These are the features that you don't get when you're using something like at Shaw.ca because they just don't offer these features. So that would be the two things. So change the password, check to see if there's any unusual activity, log out any devices you don't recognize, and then see if it's still happening. Then check for rules. Rules, Brian, are up at the top of the... Uh, For Gmail? Yeah. And again, this applies to to telus.net. When you see all settings under the gear at the top. So Yeah, the gear, and then you have to go see all, and then along the top, there will be... Filters and blocked addresses. That's the wording I was looking for. And you'll look to see if there's any rules in there that you don't recognize. So there is still, like, some... It doesn't exactly seem like someone is in your account. Those are some good measures, but... I don't know, maybe you did hit delete on the whole inbox, and maybe you mm-hmm. had nested folders. And that's why, if they're all nested under inbox, the folders could be getting deleted, too. Right, that's true. Oh, so, okay, so let's, yeah, let's ask that question, Deborah. So, did you create folders 
for your emails? I, I do have folders. Do you, know do you have folders too? within folders? I have folders within folders. Okay, so, so I think Brian just nailed it. I'm too. guessing you accidentally clicked delete all. So it's now deleting those folders as well. So if you go to the source, don't do it. Your, your uh, Apple devices might not necessarily hand it handle it properly because it's having to sync with yes. how Gmail works. But go to gmail.com and you see if it's still happening. Monitor your trash and start, you know, you can start restoring that. I think it will. You can probably find the folder still in the trash and restore the yeah. whole folder yeah. at once. I, I'm not as familiar with Gmail. Yeah. But yes, I've done yeah, that before. So yeah. those are, yeah, the check the security side, but also... So before you do even Gmail. the security side, maybe just go and do that and check and mm -hmm. see if that's there. Yeah. And then check to see if there's any unusual activity. Check to see if there's any unusual devices. So hold off on changing the password. Yeah. So oh, sure. Yeah. I think Brian's figured that one out. So that's what it is. And then, don't hit me, but down the road... Maybe don't delete emails. Whoa. The whole point is keeping those emails so you have them for 5, 10, 15 years. So when somebody says, Ron, what ship did you sail on and where did you go? And all those emails will be there. So I, mostly I think that's okay. I think what's great to do is if it like Gmail has promotions filtering, just go to your promotions tab. You can probably delete that. Oh yes. Or you can search Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and delete everything they've ever sent you. Cause it's just dumb notifications. So it's a good way to clear up space cause you'll eventually fill up. Yep. There you go. On that note, quick break for the news. Hope that helped Deborah. Let us know how you make out with that one. That would be scary and frustrating. More when we continue. Now tech talk with Alan Perry on CFAX 1070. As we continue with Brian Havlicic, our technical producer, back behind the scenes after filling in with Gary last week, and with Ron Fraser, Sydney tech enthusiast, Brian's eyes just got big because we're getting him to check to see if there are any pictures of him out on the internet in places he didn't know of. This is item three in the show notes here. This is, uh, I found this for a fellow on the cruise ship who was curious about this. Pim Eyes, P-I-M-E-Y-E-S dot com. You upload a picture or pictures of you, and it will then do a reverse image search using AI to see if there are any other pictures of you out on the Internet. And then if you want, you can pay to find out if they're inappropriate or not in places. So, Brian, yeah. you, you're wow. famous. Look yeah, at you. Right. Well, so there's uh, some people <laughs> love to take their picture when we're in studio with them. Yes. This looks like this was a recent one that Francis did. Yeah. Oh, there's my one of my wedding photos. I don't know where these got uploaded. Wow. Where? Oh, oh okay. Uh, oh, my God. Something and then because DJ. it's using oh. AI, it's found oh other pictures goodness. of your doppelgangers of people oh, who look yeah. like you. Oh, my God. Me at, like, music festival. Oh, yeah, that's not me. But, like, okay, anyway. good. there's not that many. That's not that many. That's and okay. then if you want, you can pay to find out on which precise page on which precise site that it is. Oh, but otherwise, goodness. it's free. Oh, my goodness. So if you think you might be out there, I encourage you to try this out. So, again, this is item three in the show notes. Pim Eyes, P-I-M-E-Y-E-S. This is not new. What's new, Ron, is the artificial intelligence engine. Well, what I see here is really interesting. This picture Brian just searched, although it brought up half a dozen of him. Yeah. The ones that aren't him look very similar. Yeah. yeah. Like, you could easily oh, yeah. say that's there the is. same person. So if you want to find out if you have a doppelganger you know? out there, you could do that. So there you go. Oh, my God, this is so, so Certainly <laughs> on the eyes. The eyes look to me like they're uh, well, spectrum very specific. Oh, my goodness. If you've been listening to the whole show, you'll know that we have Samugi in studio with us. So Samugi is one of the foreign exchange students that Ron and Tamara have been hosting for how many years? How long have you been here, Samugi? 
Um, only six months or something. But but yeah. you were in the USA for a year before that. Yes. Yeah. So and then you went back down to Seattle there. So I have I have a text for you, Samugi, that came in here. So I'm going to use Siri to read it out. Oops. Turn the phone sideways. It works better. And speak is a hidden setting in there, so I have to move it over there. This is Sumuji's, and from Bellevue, hi, L.M. Hideo. Sumuji's, and from Bellevue, I have been listening to this radio since 10 a.m. Thank you for this incredible opportunity for her. I am so sure this will be one of unforgettable events in Canada. On this occasion, I would like to say this out loud. Ron is an amazing, incredibly generous, and wonderful host. Being a host parents 11 years accepting 28 students is such big commitment. No doubt that Sumuji is one of the luckiest girls to be a part of his family. She experienced so much things and opened up her mind more towards the world. Thank you, Sasasazo, much for Ron and Tamara. Aww, Aww. That's, that's really so sweet. sweet. Ron's yeah. blushing too. Oh, there it, you go. It works both ways. I tell you, the, the students we've had, we've been blessed. Yeah. Honestly, and, and Samugi, it's been just a real pleasure to host you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Would you like to say something back to your aunt listening in Seattle? You can say it in Japanese <laughs> if you want. It's okay. <laughs> what would you say to her? And Hideo? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll leave that between them. Arigato. Yeah. <laughs> Arigato. There we go. Awesome. Okay, that is really cool. Lovely. That's yeah. good use of technology. Aww, Thank you. Very sweet. Yeah, there we go. Okay, back to the phone lines and Ed. Hi, Ed. Welcome to Tech Talk. Thank you. I wonder if you can help me. I have an Outlook uh, email and I'm getting uh, uh, a window coming up saying Outlook data file password. And I've never used a password to my knowledge on that. Mm. Yes. So, so you do have a pa- you do have a password for your Outlook email. If you went to somebody else's computer and needed to access your emails, you would go to Outlook.com, type in your email address, and you would type in a password. That's the password we need. Oh, I see. So try using that password. Now it is possible, Ron, that Ed might have a different password. For yes. his data file? Yes, with Outlook, you can set a password just for the data file so someone can't take that off your computer yes. and just load it on theirs and open it in Outlook. What, yeah. What program? He's using the desktop full, version full of Outlook. Yeah, full, yeah. Outlook. full Outlook, yeah. Oh. So try the password for your Outlook.com email address first, Ed. If because that, it protects the file outlook.pst. Yes. Yeah. If that doesn't work... Well, or it's OST now. OST, if, you, if it's yeah, IMAP, it's OST. Yeah. But I haven't, I've never actually locked a data file. I have people that have done that when they retired from a job. Yeah. They moved all the work emails into a data file mm-hmm. and then locked it and left it with the company. Mm-hmm. But oh, that way, they need their permission to uh, go into those emails rather than sorting through the work and the personal ones. So, yeah, we did that for somebody, but... You would have had to distinctly do that. Yes. That's weird. That's, yeah. Yeah, so try that, Ed. Um, Reach out to Brian or Ron or myself if that password does not work. There are some complicated hacking tools if you really need that uh, data file. I mean, also the good thing is if it is an OST, which is tied to an IMAP, they're on the server. So you can just create a new data file, it will sync with the server, yes. and you'll get everything back. Yeah. If it's a PST, it's a POP setup, and you probably have the only copies in yeah. that data file. So that's So different. that's important. So if any of the rest of you are password-protecting 
an Outlook data file, data file, data file, not a meta, <laughs> data, data. <laughs> data right. um, then please do remember to save that information in a very safe place and save it in two different places because it's really hard and sometimes not possible to crack them. Totally, yes. Yeah. It's not a super secure, it's a very secure, but it's not super secure. If you think you're going to pr- keep anybody from getting into it, no, it's just going to keep uh, uh, not terribly determined It's like they people. say, like, locks keep out honest people, but anyone can get bolt cutters if yes. they need to escalate. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple homework videos here. One I'll just mention in passing because you will need Kleenex for this one, but it's not the guy you would expect. Marcus Brownlee. Uh, also known as MKBHD, uh, video number 40, shows us how 3D Pets uses an iPhone to scan a pet that's missing a limb and then uses that scan to 3D print them a prosthetic one or a cart. This is really cool use of technology. It's uh, 15, Marcus was obviously really taken with how well this did, so it's item number 40 in the show notes. And if you, they're in New Jersey, the company, their website, I put a link to that, 3dpetsprosthetics.com. It, it's really cool what they do. Aww. But watch the video on how they, yeah. So they use, Ron, they use the LiDAR scanning yep. that's built into an iPhone to quickly do the precise measurements they need to 3D print the whole thing. And there's a dog there that's got a whole uh, thing that goes around their chest to give them. So they literally create not only the new leg, but they create the the part that goes around their body, Brian. Yeah, to, it's like a harness that helps like distribute the weight and exactly. keep it in place. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, pets, especially like pets with these um, limbs yeah. problems like this, like they're just the epitome of like dance, like no one's watching. Like you can't oh, tell yeah. this. He's just running and having the time yeah. of his life. And like he's back at it because with these yeah. prosthetics. Um, and I just, so I just you know what they call the it. animal with three legs, right? They call it a tripod. Tripods, yeah. Yes. P-A-W-E-D. Yes. Tripod. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, Suzanne, not my Suzanne, but Suzanne in Royal Oak has a... Uh, as a cat, uh, we call them tripod there. But what I didn't realize, and the reason this is so important, is that uh, pets that are missing a limb, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, have a much shorter lifespan because they get arthritis and all sorts of things in advance. Yeah. So this can sure. fix that. So anyway, that will, that will move you if you're a pet lover in there. But the other one is we want to go back 28 years ago this week, and there's a song that you will recognize from an event that happened. Windows 95. 28 years ago this week, the Rolling Stones were used to kick it off. Oh my goodness. And this is the classic, classic video of nerds dancing when oh, we, there's the shot of like Bill Gates and everyone on stage dancing yep. to this song I uh, put we'll this I put the that. promo video into the show notes 41 and then if you dare there's a cringeworthy oh Microsoft Windows 95 video guide with Jennifer Aniston and Matthew Perry this was shipped out on VHS with every copy of Windows 95 okay so this is Bill Gates computer I mean that is like using Wayne Gretzky's hockey stick you know huh. Oddly enough, none of it seems to uh, rub off. Uh, Look, I meant for her to sit at the keyboard for a reason. Uh, Windows 95 is goof-proof. We might have to mount a legal challenge, you know? Naturally, Bill's already installed Windows 95 and is booted up. Just hit any key, and you'll see it right behind the screensaver. Any key? Mm Mm-hmm. So I could basically fall on this thing and it would get started? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but don't, okay? Oh, pretty. 
It's, it's really <laughs> pretty. Well, it's very, I don't uh, know how much they paid Jennifer Aniston oh, and Matthew oh, Perry to do that, but that was 28 years ago. So I remember crazy. that. I was working at London Drugs when that was released. And I have yeah. to say, I believe it was 23 three and a half inch floppy disks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, most so, of you hearing that were thinking, uh, okay, well, you just put it in the disk. Yeah. No. no. 23 yeah. floppy disks, one with all compressed after information, another on it. to load. And the, then disk the 22 would have an error, and you're finished <laughs> <laughs> without Windows 95. There you go. So, Moogie, that was way before your time. So, what was the first, do you remember what first computer system? That you had, probably was it Apple? Was it uh, Microsoft? Win- it was Windows? Yeah. Yeah, Windows Seven, maybe. I don't know, but Just, that was Windows. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Anyway, there, the the video, it's all in there. That'll give you a blast from the past. Um, one other one that's in there as well that is that is really cool. We featured a lot of videos from Mark Rober, uh, NASA engineer. And has gone on to do some amazing things. His famous ones, of course, are the the glitter bomb porch pirates and Brian the um, the the ones for trying to stop squirrels from invading the the, the bird feeder. Yes, all right. So I come back from Alaska and I'm going through and catching up. And several of you sent me this. It's a trailer for a movie about Mark Rober's life. And I'm going, that's really cool. It's on Netflix. So wait, it doesn't exist. This fan made a trailer for if former NASA engineer Mark Rover's life was a movie, this would be the trailer for it. And uh, they got this guy named Julian Polo, some of you may know, who plays Mark. And I'm going, I want to see this. It's really cool. Mark himself watched this trailer and said, it really takes next-level talent to make a boring engineer's life seem cool and dramatic. (laughs) Encourage you to go watch it. I hope that this actually spurs... Somebody, Brian, to go out and make, because they put a lot of work, into, and they captured Mark, anybody that knows his mannerisms. Right, even got and the, that you, stuff. Know, you know, multiple actors for different ages. Like, here's the clip. I didn't know this. He had a speech impediment. You've got to plug in. My name is... My name is Mark... Mark Wobo. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. But they even added those details in the trailer yeah. and had and, a child actor. And the to details come in. about the fact that Apple wanted to hire him. Yeah. but wanted him to stop doing his YouTube videos. Yeah. Things like that. And he went on to be part of the team that developed the Mars rover and various other things. And so I, I, was, I was really impressed with that. Um, one audio one here for you. Oh, Brian's on the phone for a sec, so I'll do one other one. One other one that uh, is in there is as well is a couple of a couple musical ones that you have sent. So, Brian, one we should do, um, a song that you will know, but not the instrument that it's Ooh, yes. being played on. And, Ron, you actually recognize that instrument. Yeah, it's... Uh, I. I... I can't remember the name, but it's Chinese. Yeah, it's a guzheng, G-U-Z-H-E-N-G, traditional Chinese instrument. This is an artist named Moyen, and you will never see her face because she does not want you to focus on her. She wants you to focus on the music. She wears an outfit that matches the song, in this case, Beat It by Michael Jackson. It looks like an extreme Hawaiian guitar is what it looks like. Yeah, it's A lot more strings to it and... It's quite a piece of equipment. She puts a lot of work into it. So thank you wow, to those who amazing. sent that one. Yeah. And Such at a the, cool sound. Yeah, and at the other end of the musical scale, um, 
1,000 people gathered at uh, Oregel Stadium in Chesnia in Italy on July 29th for Rockin' 1000 and played. You have to see this. They're in a stadium. All the drummers are laid out on carpet, so everybody's got to do this. That is really cool. First time in history they've ever had a 1,000 people doing that one. And you can sign up. They're going to go around the world, and it's called Rockin' 1000, and so they will come to a stadium near you, and you can sign up and go and be the singer, the guitarist, the drummer, whatever you want, and they'll put out the songs. Is there an audition, or can you just, like... (laughs) You're like, I'm really keen and I just want to bang on some drums. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah. Think, <laughs> I think you have to have some level of skill. So that would definitely put me out. Anyway, thank you. Though That's item oh, number 44 in the show notes. There's like an ocean of drummers, you see. Like, it's just like such a big Yeah, thing. and the last one when we're doing homework videos, we're going to go down under for a city that is spending 6.3 billion U.S. dollars, but it's not the city you think. This city has big plans, and when we say big, we mean big. Skyscrapers, the Olympic Games, massive new mega-projects pushing the bounds of engineering. And it's all happening down under. The next decade will see a transformation on an international scale, and it's all beginning right now with the biggest infrastructure project in the state's history. A new metro that burrows under the city itself. But this isn't Sydney or Melbourne. This is Brisbane, Australia's fastest growing city. There you go. Yeah, Brizzy. We met some people on the cruise ship, and I I was there back when they, after New Zealand hosted the Commonwealth Games in 1990. We went down there to check it out before we tried. So we met these people on the cruise ship, and and I said, what's it like then? They they told us about this project, and they go, really? So I looked it up. That's Fred Mills and the B1M crew. So if you know people down under or if you've been to Brisbane, uh, there you go. Item number 43 in the show notes. Okay. Quick break and back to the phone lines. Barbara is waiting on the lines when we continue. And then we'll, Ron and I will go back and forth on whether you should buy a smartphone or use a DSLR for your next vacation. A couple quick things here. We were checking the pronunciation. Uh, several of you pointed out that I mispronounced how you say the language spoken by many people from the Philippines. T-A-G-A-L-O-G. I thought there was no pronunciation on any of the syllables, Tagalog, but it turns out, Ron... Tagalog. Tagalog. My apologies to those of you, Mabuhe, to those of you that are Filipino. Also, you've been hearing in the news about the fire smoke. If you want to see where there's fire smoke in the air and how thick it is, especially if you're going on a road trip somewhere and want to find out what you're going to encounter, firesmoke.ca. Patrick, in answer to your text, firesmoke.ca. You can zoom in and out, and boy, it does not look pretty. Before I forget, an update. Betty John Bryan, who joined us two weeks ago. Yes. She'll be marking her 80th birthday later today, Saturday, by going oh. jumping out of a plane from 10,000 feet in a wedding dress over Nanus, raising funds for research into better treatments for long COVID, which she survived. With your help, she has raised, as of 11.53 on Saturday morning, the number will hopefully go up, $1,777 for research into long COVID. So please join us in donating to our fundraiser through the BC Women's Health Foundation. The link is in the show notes at 29. Have an awesome, memorable jump, Betty. Sorry you can't be there. We're a little busy here, but that's good, nice weather up there. Hopefully their skies are clear. 
for that one there. Okay, quick break back with our final segment after this. Colin, thank you for your email about uh, power bars and the fact that they really do need to be replaced every two to three years. We'll go through that in detail uh, next show because that's too important. And you wrote a very eloquent email here. More and more people are using a smartphone as their only camera, not just because of the convenience, Ron, because of the amazing image processing chips which smartphones have, which most DSLRs don't have. That's true. So the smartphones will take an image that you're looking at Take the light areas, if they're too light, make them a bit darker. Take the dark areas, make them a bit lighter. It's kind of like having Photoshop built into your camera. Yes. With really smart filters. So for most people, to take a picture like that, it will automatically give you the best-looking picture you can get with no experience whatsoever. And one of the things that I did on the cruise ship that I put into the show notes there, if you want to blur the background, you can do that after the fact. You don't have to choose at the time by adjusting the f-stop. So uh, Chris heard us talking about this and said, have to wait on the DSLR versus phone issue. For night and fast photos, the phone camera can't be beat. But for macro and optical zoom, my DSLR has 65 times. I always go back to my DSLR. It's exceptionally handy for taking pictures of birds, then being able to identify them. Yes, you can freeze action better with the high speeds available on a DSLR. And one thing that's very forgiving, because the resolution is so high and the image quality is is so good for a DSLR, if you have to crop a picture later, if you have to cut it down, make it smaller, focus on an object in it, it always shows us something better. And I think, Alan, you and I are going to go out. I'll bring my DSLR. You bring your iPhone. Yeah. We're going to shoot some of the exact same things. Yeah. And we'll do some editing with it. And then we'll give people an example of that. Yeah. I put one into the show notes there where I took the exact same photo. It's not two photos. It's one photo. And afterwards, I blurred out the background up where I got to hike the Chilkoot Trail up at Bennett Lake. And I was showing that to people on the cruise ship. So for going on a vacation, if you don't want to pack the DSLR, then you can get amazing photos there. Got to go. to clarify, changing the f-stop after the fact to get the blur only if you're in portrait mode. Yes. You can't do that with everyone. There yes. you go. Yes. On that note, we'll leave. Brian, thanks for being here. Good to you. Well, great Suki, to be th- here. Thank you so much, Samugi, for joining us as well. Brian, thank you. We'll thank leave you, you with uh, Moyen and Billie Jean. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>